Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Related to Geeks podcast, the podcast about a geeky family. This is episode two, original air date, Thursday, August 20, 2015. Hello, my name's Megan. I'm the youngest of the siblings, and with us tonight is my brother, Kier. Hello. My sister, Sarah. Hi. And all of our daddy... All of our daddy... <laughs> <laughs> Just leave that one in. <laughs> I'm your dad. I'm your daddy. <laughs> Just going to warn everybody listen, listening right now. I have been up since five, and I got off of work about an hour ago, and it is past nine o'clock at night, which is about my bedtime. So I'm going to be the best host ever this week. But anyway, we're going to get into the what's caused us to geek out lately. This is our first section of the podcast and then we'll go on from there so we're gonna start with dad how about you? Ooh, hello beep beep i'm the road runner okay anyway anyway my deal uh this week has been working on a backup server for our uh, home network and uh so that's what i installed i installed 11 terabytes of hard drive in my backup system. That's a that's a little bit of hard drive. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's, so, so what you're saying? I may have did my math your hard wrong. Drive, your hard nine, drive goes nine, to nine, nine terabytes. Oh, well, that's, well, well, yeah. that's nothing. <laughs> that's hardly nothing. <laughs> I need to buy another two to terabyte nine, drive. Not nearly as good. <laughs> You gotta crank it to eleven. Crank it to eleven. Yeah. Anyway, I've decided to uh, back up the entirety of everybody's home directory, all of our systems' home directories. And uh, the first one I worked on was on the Delta system, which has our photos and my music production, and the Something Blue show and the Delta Boogie Mirror, and it was. 1.3 terabytes. I kind of would have expected it to be more than that. That's a lot. It wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have on my system alone about 1. Point, I don't know, probably about 1.4 terabytes taken up. So, and that's just our one computer. But it's every picture, every digital scrapbook kit, you know, games, everything. So... But nine terabyte for a backup is huge. Yeah, but I also have a a video production system and then another system right. with the music I, I listen to and yeah, and your Obviously, mom has I two systems. No video here, so or very little. Yeah, video takes a lot of terabytes. It doesn't take. But a so lot far, of not so much. <laughs> no. Doesn't even take nine. <laughs> <laughs> all right well that sounds super fun backing up stuff exciting times <laughs> what about what about you Kier? What what's caused you to geek out lately well uh it was foretold last episode uh dad put together a computer for wendy and i ended up upgrading the graphics card and wendy and i have been playing minecraft together and it has been wonderful. <laughs> we're, we're building a house together. And uh, the, the thing we've got worked out is I'm building the house and she is decorating it and filling it with stuff. And she is Very having cool. a blast putting in beds and tables and making furniture. And it, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll have to post some, some pictures as soon as we've got something uh, more complete. But it's been, it's been a total blast doing that together I love it see I never got into multiplayer Minecraft and I feel like that's why Minecraft never really stuck with me longer than a week or two at a time yeah. before multiplayer for me it was I'm going to build the most epic thing in the world and then I'd build for like two hours and be like well that's enough of that <laughs> 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 well, that's that's a good foundation for the most epic thing in the world. In yeah. moving on, <laughs> yeah. everything is more fun. 
when you're doing it with your daughters, which is why I love doing the Related to Geeks podcast. Aw, Kier's the best daughter of them all. I am the best daughter. (laughs) Aw, that's so sweet. All right, Sarah, what about you? What's caused you to geek out lately? Well, I have been vicariously living through other people's Gen Con experiences. <laughs> um, been watching a lot of YouTube videos, reviews, um, wishing that I could have been there and, and trying to convince myself that I could um, possibly go in the future and not freak out about the crowds. But <laughs> um, I've just been watching videos of the vendor hall and, and the things that people are doing. Um, we have some some guys that are in the game group that we're a part of that have shot video and shared it. And then of course I've watched a lot of dice tower reviews and, um, their experiences there. So it's, it's something I would love to do at some point, but man, it's expensive and I don't do well in crowds. So that scares me. There were 62,000 people there, I think this year. And that's a lot of people. Yeah. It's way more than 11. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could handle it if it was 11. I don't know what it would be it's very only much. It's you know, 62,000. Thousands less than Tara. <laughs> We've been talking about maybe just going for like one day next year just to, you know, see. That way we don't have to. We don't have to spend all of the nights at a hotel, and we could actually even get a hotel outside of Indy. Like, you know, if you go to, like, Terre Haute or something and get a hotel, it's about half the price. If we get, you know, drive to, like, Terre Haute, spend the night, go into Indy the next day, hope we can find a parking spot, um, and then just spend the day at Gen Con and drive back to a hotel outside of the city and then drive back home the next day. It might not be too bad, and it would let me know whether or not, you know, I'd rather waste one day yeah. and not be able to deal with crowds than four days and not be able to deal with the crowds. Well, and, and That's your, kind of, your whole family has, has problems with crowds, so, I mean, you've got multiple layers of that. You may get in there and be fine, but somebody else in your family may be like, nope, nope. <laughs> well, well, Liz has already told me <laughs> that she doesn't she doesn't care to go <laughs> because she would rather us spend the money that we would spend on a ticket for her on a game for her. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, it takes off a little bit of pressure not having to keep up with your daughter and all of that stuff. So if it was just me and my husband, um, it's easier to keep up with him. The secret to surviving in crowded conventions is to find all the bad parties because hardly anyone's at them. advice that's how i do it also i don't go i do go to a convention once a year and it's i mean it's a small regional board game convention and it's crowded i mean it's a small space and it had you know they they sold out this year there were 1300 people there in a hotel convention area it wasn't like a big convention center or anything and you know it's crowded but the thing is is that it's a playing convention so everybody's sitting and that's easy. If I have to move through a crowd, that's where I have problems. I can be around a whole bunch of people if I'm sitting and I have my own space. Mm-hmm. But it becomes a whole different thing if I'm going through, like, vendor areas. And yeah. and we went we went to a reptile show, I don't know, a few months ago in St. Louis. And it's in this tiny little hotel ballroom. And there are a ton of vendors and a ton of people. And, you know, you get kind of back in that back corner, and it just seems like the crowd's pushing you. <laughs> and that was rough. I didn't enjoy that at all. But the topic of reptiles is not nearly as exciting to me as board games either. So that could that could help as well. Yeah, you'll power through it for the board games. Uh, <laughs> I don't care so much about steak food. <laughs> my snake does, but I don't. <laughs> I should say my husband's snake and my daughter's snake. Not your snake. Well, I mean, he's okay. I don't don't have problems with the snake, but I mean, I I don't claim him like the other two do. Is is Sarah robotic? I do one. What's that? She got a little robotic at some point. We're all all, we all got a little bit of robot in. It's the same way that we're all a little gay, we're all a little robot. Exactly. 
so, um... Hey, Megan, what's caused you to geek out lately? Oh, well, thanks. Thanks for asking, <laughs> Megan. Thanks. Uh, uh, I have been getting super hyped up for the uh, fall lineup of DC TV shows. I've been watching Arrow since season two, and the first season of The Flash was freaking amazing. And the same producers are also backing... Uh, Supergirl, which is going to be on a different network, so that's going to cause some crossover issues. There's not going to be as much crossover there, but it still looks like a like a good show and something I'm excited for. And then later on, probably early next year, they're starting another show on the CW, which is where Arrow and The Flash air, that's called Legends of Tomorrow. And all three of those shows are going to be like heavily intertwined, and there's a lot of crossover, and it's kind of just like they're releasing hours of content a week that's geared specifically to what I'm into right now, which is, you know, cool superheroes and, and magic and science -y and just crazy, you know, over-the-top stuff. And that's what's really getting me excited is that they're, they're going more to that than they've ever done before. Because when Arrow started initially, it was kind of the realistic version of superheroes and it was very gritty and very dark night based and as it's progressed and especially when they brought in the flash um it's just gotten more and more fantastical and uh i i'm excited to see because they're introducing concepts like the multiverse and magic and all of this <coughs> stuff that i i want to watch unfold on television and see how they handle it so I'm I'm excited for that. It's still a ways off, so you may that may get brought up again in a future podcast before I actually start airing because I uh, I'm already excited about it. They will do a lead-in for the I think the shows start in October, but they're doing an online web series cartoon on Vixen for six weeks prior to the premiere. So I'm gonna watch that and. Uh, get get even more hyped so that's what i am really uh geeking out over right now i watched the first season of arrow and i thought it was all right but i couldn't really get into it uh but what you're describing sounds much better to me so yeah. i might have to i might have to give the flash a try yes yes um Season one of Arrow, it's an okay season. The finale's really good. Season two of Arrow's a really good season. The finale's kind of lackluster. Season three of Arrow totally loses its footing, but it's when they're simultaneously trying to figure out The Flash, and I feel like more attention was given to The Flash. Season one of The Flash is spectacular. Um, All right. There I'll is check a, out season yeah. one of The Flash. There is a lot of crossover, though. Um, and and uh, I've heard from people who just, like, you know, reviewers and stuff who just watch The Flash say that it they can follow along okay. But, I mean, they're very, they're very casual about their crossovers. At first, they were going to do, like, just special events every now and again where they would cross over and they're the, now they're just like no these people live in the same universe and know each other if they need a favor they'll just call and ask for a favor and uh it's it there'll be very casual appearances from cast members of the other show uh and it's i i find that very interesting because i i haven't seen crossovers of that nature much myself it's usually like you know it's always a big deal when a character crosses over. They're very casual about it. They're very much just like, no, these people are a part of each other's lives. They just happen to live in different cities, so they don't see each other every day. I think you would enjoy Name of the Wind featuring superhero magic user Dark Guy Kvothe. Okay. What was his name? <laughs> Kvothe. Sounds like Kvothe, but with a Kvothe. Sounds like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's uh, the series is two thirds published, and we're waiting on the the third and ending part of the trilogy, and it's already being uh, bid on for movies. 
So we'll probably see a movie version sometime too. That I mean, I'm I'm already sold, and I'm not even sure what half of what you said is. So, <laughs> I mean, in a what was the name of it again? Uh, name of the Wind. Okay. In a similar vein of DC, uh, Rosemary, my wife, and my daughter Wendy and I have been watching uh, Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. And uh, Rosemary and I have actually watched pretty much the entire series before, so we're now we're re-watching it with our five-year-old daughter. And it is absolutely stunning and adorable to see her watch the uh, the Justice League shows because at least for the first uh, uh, run, the just the Justice League run, there was always a two part episode, and the first part always ended in like the cliffhanger. And my daughter was absolutely convinced 100% that there was no coming back from the cliffhanger until she watched the next episode and she was like oh that's how they did it <laughs> but like right. every single time it's just like wait a minute hot girl's a bad guy and then it's just like oh wait no she's not <laughs> my my favorite we're, we're switching universes, but my favorite is Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Have you watched that at all? Oh, I think I've watched the first episode or two. So, yeah, and it takes them a while to actually assemble the team, so it's another one you got to give a little bit of uh, attention before it actually kind of comes together. Uh, but it's fantastic. They they stopped it after season two or three, I can't remember, to to basically reboot the series and make it more like the movies, which made it made me sad. Uh. Hmm. Apparently in two thousand nine there was a Wonder Woman movie or series or something that I saw a thirty second clip of, and it was definitely a cartoon, but it's definitely for grown ups. Mm-hmm. And I kind of want to see it just based on the little short clip of Wonder Woman versus Ares that I saw. Man, superheroes are great. I wish I knew more about them. <laughs> superheroes are what? Great. Great. And I wish I knew more about Hello? them. Hello? Hello? Can you hear me at all? Kirsten. Hello? Kirsten. I can hear Kirsten. Did I lose everybody? And I can hear both. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear everybody fine. I can do. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just continue the podcast like this, right, don't we? Everyone's wrong here, going hello. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. <laughs> I guess I'll hang up and recall. Okay. <laughs> that sounds like a better plan. <laughs> uh, I wonder if I can just add him. We tried. We couldn't figure out how to do it because we're probably <laughs> help. help to this call. Help! Help! Select. Uh. Add. Oh! Oh! I'm doing something. Sarah, do I still have you? Yeah. Hey. I'm. I'm here. Where's Gear? Gear. Hello. Hi. Hey. I figured out uh. Skype. <laughs> Figured it out. <laughs> Ow. She solved it all. <laughs> We've had trouble trying to add somebody to our conversation in the past, and she figured out how to do it. Huzzah. Because she's awesome. <laughs> so I just kind of dropped off there for a second, and now I'm back. It was, it was funny, because we could all hear you. <laughs> Yeah, and we can still hear each other, but you apparently yeah, couldn't hear like any I of us. I repeated what I said like three times because I just thought that I was cutting out or something. <laughs> well, I can hear you now. So, what did you say? Like, <laughs> this is killing me. <laughs> Superheroes are great. Superheroes are great. I wish I knew more about them. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like that last part too. 
Oh. <laughs> Speaking of superheroes, <laughs> and going back to something that Kier talked about in the last podcast, um, my daughter came back from the superhero game day just absolutely thrilled with icons. She had a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. She really enjoyed it. Yep. We just touched on just uh, uh, a little bit of the system, but I got to tell you, if that is the simple strip down system, my goodness. <laughs> the the old mutants and masterminds must be over the top. Wow. All six-siders, right? It's all six-siders, and, and, I, and I liked it. But uh, it was uh, there was a lot of references and cross-references and abilities and attributes and powers and skills and traits and qualities and trying to keep everything, you know, what's a specialty and what's a quality and what's an attribute and what's power and how all that works together it was a it was a bit to keep up with i will say the 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 win for me for that game was the determination uh uh that that rule was really cool that mechanic where uh as a dm i could kind of do a little bit of a fiat and say oh and then the bad guy got away and uh everyone gets a determination that they can spend later to improve their chances of doing something. And for some reason, if you're a DM and you say, and the bad guy got away, your players get really upset with you. <laughs> but if if you give them that point, like, here's the bad guy got away, here's some determination, they're all like, oh, yeah, oh, that's fine now. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, that's funny. All right, so I think that uh, wraps up the what's caused us to geek out lately. We're going to go take a quick break, and we'll be back with our topic of the week. Be right back. You're listening to the Related to Geeks podcast, the podcast of a geeky family, hosted on our website, relatedtogeeks.com, and on our YouTube channel. All right, welcome back. We are talking about our brand of geek this week. This is the thing that we kind of most identify in the geek verse. Of course, we're all very into a lot of different geek things, but we each kind of have our own little focus area, and we're just going to kind of discuss our own little focus area. So I'm going to open it up to whoever would like to start. I will say that I, I know that there's a lot of overlap, but... Um, Mine is definitely, I would say, tabletop gaming and especially board games and to a, a lesser extent RPGs, but but I'm still pretty pretty excited about, about RPGs, board games. And we play miniature games and, and have even delved a little bit into some collectible card games, but not nearly as heavy as, as board gaming and RPGs. I'm actually kind of the reverse of you right now, where... Tabletop gaming, yes, but I am RPGs first and board games second right now. Yeah. And, and probably six months ago, um, I would have been, everything was about RPGs about six months ago. And I mean, still, I, I can't wait to start playing again. <laughs> no, I haven't. I, and that's part of it, is I really haven't been involved in a game over the summer at all. I haven't had a RPG session one, so... That, that makes a difference, too, in how excited I am about something. I've got to play lots of board games. That sounds like a terrible summer. <laughs> <laughs> we just live so far away from everybody. <laughs> it's, not, yeah. it's not ideal. I lived the traditional nerdy college experience, and in college I experimented with RPGs. I, uh, I probably played 20 or 30 different RPGs just while I was in college from, you know, White Wolf to uh, superhero uh, RPGs like Aberrant and Mutants and Masterminds. Uh, it's been forever since I've played Mutants and Masterminds, and I don't remember it being terribly complicated. But then again, I had a guy there who who knew the rules, and basically I said, I want to do this. He says, roll this and add this. And I was like, okay. <laughs> But, uh, uh, yeah, I am RPGs first by a long shot right now. And if you'd asked me 
uh, a year ago, it probably would have been board games first at that time. Uh, but right now, it's definitely RPGs first, and really a big driving factor of that is uh, I'd mentioned a uh, monthly game day we're doing at the library in the last podcast, and uh, part of what I'm doing there is I'm making an RPG of the month club. So this month's theme, or I guess technically next month's theme, is going to be uh, Pirates. So I am currently looking at the 7th C RPG, uh, which is a uh, pirate and, and uh, adventure on the high seas style RPG. And uh, that looks that came highly recommended by some friends of mine, and I've been reading up on the rules, and uh, uh, it's pretty cool looking. Oh, is it is it a fairly easy one to get into, do you think? Uh... I have not read enough into it to make a good claim on that one way or the other. Uh, uh, I've really been reading the, the intro and fluff stuff, which is essentially kind of uh, a, a world similar to but somewhat distinct from Earth uh, in that most of the historical nations in the Age of Pirates are represented, but the, uh, the, the names are changed so as to, I guess... Uh, not incriminate or <laughs> to not incriminate the guilty. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, is anybody else hearing a weird yeah. clicking in the background? I am. Okay. Oh, it's probably me. Uh, okay. This <laughs> 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 click, click, click. I realized I was like, I'm not hearing anything, but I just stopped clicking my my pen. So that was oh. what it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> uh I actually uh I had a uh, friend online who uh she and I are both huge RPG nerds and we would get into contests to you know go over the number of different RPG systems we played and one night she and I just went system for system and I think we each got up to about 50 systems before we decided all right clearly we have a problem. <laughs> all huge <laughs> RPG nerds. <laughs> There's no reason to fight about it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go way back uh, with my geek thing. Okay, before there were computers, I was a math geek. And uh, my friend and I would, uh, my music geek and game geekiness came from when my friend and I would stay up late Saturday nights listening to the Midnight Special on WFMT which is still going on, and uh, we would play chess. And there were no RPGs then. We'd play Gettysburg on a hex map. So I've never even heard of Gettysburg. Is it like a war game? or? Yeah, it's Civil War, the Battle of Gettysburg. And it's played on a hex map, and it's, it's historically correct. In other words, the forces come in at the right time of day onto the board at the right time of day and date. Yeah, I feel like you have to be a math geek to play that. Yeah, and and it's it's hexboard, so you're uh, you move so many squares, but they're hexes, so it's more geometrically correct. Nah. How far you can? It's turn based, you know. Yeah, Gettysburg and and those war games back then they're real famous in the history of gaming. Oh yeah, and and a lot of the people that were playing them then are still playing. <laughs> Yeah. Still playing a lot of these games today, the 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 historical miniature games and stuff like that. Um, um, there is a group in Seattle, I think it is, that they have a club with a clubhouse and all of this, and and I think they have all kinds of games. I think, but I think that their club, from what I have gathered, was really based around this kind of miniature tabletop gaming of the of the historical <laughs> um the miniature games that i was talking about that we played were are fantasy based for, for sure but my husband's very interested in in historical miniature games and we do have some people in our local club that that play historical miniatures so he's really excited about finding out more about them because it's something that that interests him a lot but now i'm with care i'm more into rpgs yeah. Actually, uh, another brand of geek that we share in common, Dad, I actually found an interesting website on today 
called projecteuler.net. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that one or not. No, I'm not. So essentially, it is a website of nothing but math problems. And typically, they're math problems that should be aided in uh, for finding the solution with a computer. And uh, oh. so what they, what they do is they just post up a problem, and then they uh, request people to solve it, and they'll post the number of people who have solved it next to the problem. Uh, and it's, it's a pretty cool little website. Uh, it was uh, shown to me by a coworker today who's using it to train in new programming languages because if you can solve complex mathematical equations in a programming language you've never used before, by the time you're done solving the complex mathematical equation, uh, there's pretty good odds that you know the programming language pretty well by that point. Well, I used to uh, be a Martin Gardner guy in the Recreational Mathematics column in Scientific American by Martin Gardner. And he had a, you know, puzzle of the month type of thing. All right. Well, I'm going to talk a little bit about my brand of geek, which has stayed pretty constant throughout my life. I don't, I don't flip-flop as much as some of these others. Uh, but <laughs> I, uh, I, I love video games. Um, and I've been playing them since I was, like, two, uh, <laughs> pretty much, you know, Kira's talking about his, his, you know, five-year-old girl playing Minecraft. That was, that's me. Um, I was playing Doom, though, so probably not as wholesome, but still a <laughs> lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Little four-year-old girl beating, beating Doom 2, that was, that was me. Um, and then, and then later play with a lot of friends during, during high school. But again, like Kira was mentioning, college was kind of it. Cause college was one of those where I got to, you know, I got to meet a bunch of, uh, people who liked different types of gaming. That's when I really started exploring more like collectors and reviewers online and, and, and tracking down newer and interesting games. And I, I you know, I, I communicate with people who played Call of Duty all day, and that's all I did, and that was that was fine. I enjoyed sitting down and playing with them, but then I'd also find people who had like old, you know, Windows ninety eight machines that they would, you know, play all of the classics on that I that I grew up with, and you know, we got to bond over Commander Keen and all of that stuff, and so that was a great time. And then uh, more and more now, you know, I was I was fairly streamlined until until uh, probably. Midway through college, I really got into kind of the indie gaming scene, and I've I've been pretty much stuck there um, since I since I've discovered indie games. For one, they're I think much more interesting style of game because they focus more on on trying to develop new mechanics and new ways of playing games rather than just big budgets and shiny graphics. Um, but also because um, they're a, they're a shorter, more affordable uh, uh, gaming experience for me, where I can. I can spend a few dollars, uh, sit down for a couple of hours, and have a good time, rather than going and spending sixty dollars for you know a twenty, thirty hour epic that I play two hours of before I get bored of because it's all samey samey. So, indie indie video games are definitely my main focus in my overarching love of games in general. Well, I, I have to say I'm very glad that you love video games because you offer advice to my daughter that my husband and I can't offer. Um, <laughs> and and she has loved, I think, just about every game that she's bought that you've suggested to her. She's she's had a lot of fun with those. And I don't think any of them are indie games, um, but but she definitely likes likes what you've suggested for her. Yeah, and that's, I mean, just... Just knowing how to how to understand that there are there are players who enjoy different types of video games because for the longest time there was a lot of people I interacted with that just didn't understand that I I played all different types of games and, and enjoyed experiencing all different types of games and then could go and like interact with people who only played platformers or who were, you know, first person shooter fanatics and things like that. But it's it's allowed me to learn a lot of about the different genres and so you know I can just hear Liz say well these are three games that I like can you suggest other games that I would like based on that um, and so that's been fun to kind of 
basically try to find the, the, the hidden gems out there that she may not know about that uh, would be uh, up her alley. Also occasionally, yeah. also, occasionally she texts me and be like, I really want this game, but I can't find it anywhere. And then it's just like a treasure hunt for me because I get to try to track down <laughs> a game for her. And I'm thankful for that, too, because that's all I hear about is how she can't find this game. <laughs> so um, she, um, I mean, it's, it's one of those things. I mean, obviously, my husband likes video games and plays video games quite a bit. But up until very recently, the games he played were not going to be the games that Liz was interested in playing. <laughs> they just, you know, she she was never into shoot 'em up. You know, I don't even know how to say. You know, I mean, Devin's not even really a big first person shooter fan, but just the the it's he's into much more adult titles than she is. I mean, you know, and. A mature audience game was not good for my 10-year-old daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and even to this extent, even though she's, you know, 14 now, there are still some titles that she wouldn't be comfortable with, even if we're comfortable with her watching them, you know, or playing them. So you should, um, she, you she should definitely hook, has her own boundaries. You should uh, hook her up with Doom. That's, that's good for four-year-olds, even. Yeah. <laughs> I heard something about that. I, I freaked my college professor out because they, it was like a, a history of media class and they talked about Doom and, you know, all of the bad publicity it got and, like, she was trying to explain what Doom was and I, like, talked about it at length and talked about playing it growing up and everything like that and she looked at me and she was like, You? You played that game? So, uh, that was, that was fun. I also got to make a good point about Wikipedia in that class because when the same teacher told me that I should not use Wikipedia and research because information's wrong on it. And I said, there's information wrong in our textbook. It says Doom is the first first person shooter. That's not right. (laughs) (laughs) Not by a long shot. There were at least two before. <laughs> I want to comment on supporting indie art. Um, Megan mentioned the indie games that she likes, and uh, something's true in music. Um, you know, a lot of people think, and I used to think that the people with the record contracts are were making the best music, but really, all the good stuff, all the new stuff, always comes from indies first. Mm-hmm. Well, and you can definitely see, like, some of those got their, got their like, rise from, from being just really out of the box and creative. Like, like OK Go is a good example of that, of making, like, really stellar uh, videos to go along with their, their songs. And, and, you know, having actually good music to boot doesn't, doesn't hurt. But uh, uh, they were one of those that really kind of put forth some extra effort and... and and did something really interesting as a more indie band than, you know, you may have seen elsewhere. We actually just spent an evening, um, I, probably just a couple of nights ago, the three of us sitting down watching, just going to OK Go's YouTube channel and just watching video after video after video. Because, I mean, just the production quality is amazing. And... Um, I've actually tasked my my daughter with making a Rube Goldberg machine after watching the OK Go one. I mean, obviously not to that, not, <laughs> not to that caliber. <laughs> but but I, I basically said I want you by the end of next month to create a Rube Goldberg machine that has at least five separate moving parts. Yeah, I, and um, I think she can do that. Yeah, I, mean, I did it growing up. I didn't even have it as an assignment. I was just a geek. I had a fairly intricate one to turn off my my light switch from my bed. Um, that's cool. that's what I did. That and played Doom. <laughs> like an awesome childhood. That was, yeah, that was all I needed. That was it. <sighs> Speaking of awesome childhood, um, we started our ninth grade year of homeschooling today. And our brand of geek, I guess, because that's definitely a brand of geek that the entire family shares, as we talked about yeah. last week. 
but um but yeah it's it's crazy to me this is you know this is really i mean this is our 10th year going into our 10th year because she has been homeschooled since i mean i would even i would even say before kindergarten <laughs> i mean we we definitely did between us and and mom and dad kept her too when she was when she was preschool um so she she always had education in her life <laughs> Um, and, and pretty hands-on education. So it's, um, it's, it's been an interesting journey and, you know, and it's kind of one of those, oh my gosh, we're starting high school <laughs> revelations that's scaring, you know, scaring the crap out of all of us, I think, but I think we'll make it through okay. I think so too. That's all I really had to add to that part. <laughs> anyway, I just thought I would add that because it's it's been you know we we um we officially brought out the the and I, I hate to say like this is the first day of school kind of thing because learning happens in our house all the time yeah absolutely. and out house all the time but you know it's like at the beginning of every year we we sit down with like a bookshelf full of new books that I want her to try to read this mm -hmm. year and and some. She doesn't get to but most of them she does um and you know we're we're starting algebra and you know and she's always done some i mean she's very familiar with algebra and has done work with variables and all of this but we're actually in an algebra textbook for the first time um you know she's just had kind of worksheets and stuff and and explanations um every time anything real world came up that that could be taught especially math my husband is like okay it's time for a lesson mm -hmm. so and, and I think that's honestly I mean that means more than sitting down with a worksheet and a textbook and all of that but she's also pretty good at math and it's it's um I don't know I mean it's just like that whole bookshelf full of new books and stuff and and beginning a new calendar and this year we're having to you know keep information for transcripts as well by the time a student gets to high school age, they have a better idea of what they're going to need to know than you do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's what I was going to add is that I remember, like, as as I got into that, like, high school, in those high school grades, my, my actual, like, lessons, th there was really very little structure to them. It was mostly just, you know, I, I spent a lot of time working on you know, photography stuff and writing stuff and things like that. And now I work as a reporter. So, you know, I guess that proves true because that's just what I was drawn to. You know, I remember yeah. uh, m mom and dad talking about how Keir thought he was getting away with stuff while he was being homeschooled because he would go and like, you know, play on computers all day and, and mess around with, you know, coding things and, and, and you know, designing websites and things like that and now that's his career so I mean it's it was just he knew what what he wanted to do and that's just what he was interested in and drawn to so oh yeah and I spent a lot of my teenage years I read a lot of plays because I was very interested in theater and you know I mean it's, it's not my career now but for it's what I went to college for and I, I did work professionally in theater for about five years afterwards and, uh, you know, that was that was even a part of my, I think we probably were a little more structured that because uh, I was the I was the first one. Yeah, <laughs> by the time they got to me, they just didn't care anymore. They were just like, here, learn it's some like, things, go. It's kind of the same <laughs> with the baby that, you know, the first baby and the pacifier falls out of the mouth and it gets sanitized. <laughs> and then by the fifth baby, it's like, okay, pick it up, wipe it down. <laughs> here you go. <laughs> but, fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, but they definitely still allowed me to explore Yeah, a lot of the things that I was interesting, interested in exploring. And, um, you know, I mean, we, I, I do everything. My daughter's very creative. She likes to make stuff and I do everything I can to, to allow her that time to, to sew or to sculpt or to draw or whatever it is that she's wanting to do because she enjoys it and she learns from it every time she does something new. Well, my recommendation for Liz is projecteuler.net. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to check it out. Um, and after that, she needs to beat Dad and back up 11 terabytes. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I think we're going to wrap up this section and go to another break, and we're going to come back with our pick of the week. Find links to the stuff we're talking about and download the podcast MP3 from our website, relatedtogeeks.com. You can also listen on our YouTube channel. All right, welcome back. We are going to do our pick of the week. This is when we just kind of talk about something that we kind of recommend, suggest, find interesting, whatever we're kind of into at the moment. And so uh, we're going to start off with Kier. How about you? Well, uh, my pick of the week comes from the uh, Superhero Game Day. It's not Icons, uh, but uh, we had a play-and-win title there called uh, Rhino Hero or Super Rhino, depending on which version you get. But it's the same game. And it's kind of a game where you're building up this tower of cards, and some of the cards are folded in half, and you just uh, use those as your walls. And you lay cards on top of those, and you build up some more walls, and there's this little wooden rhino. And occasionally a card will call for you to put the rhino on it, and you'll have to place this wooden rhino on the card as well. And then the next player who has to place the wooden rhino first has to reach in and dig the wooden rhino out from between the cards before they could place it on the top card. And uh, it is fantastic fun. Uh, I, I hear you can get it over three feet tall i think we maxed out at about 23 or 24 inches and uh it was a was, wonderful time i was just gonna say i was really impressed with how tall that tower got i'd only played it a couple of times before but we never got anywhere near that height yeah when I played. probably because i knocked it down i don't know honestly but <laughs> that's my guess <laughs> i like to refer yeah, we, i like to refer to that game as house of cards extreme <laughs> it's a it's a cute little game and it's i mean it's under twenty dollars i think and you can get it even cheaper than that you know if you order yeah. through like amazon or something but i think the retail price is under 20 what's really nice about the game is that whether you're five years old or you're 95 years old it doesn't matter that game is fun for all ages <laughs> when i was a kid we used to build houses out of cards and we didn't even need no game you did need cards, though. <laughs> did need cards. Yeah, you had to have cards yeah. to build a house on. Didn't a need a hippo, though. <laughs> no, those, were, those, were, those were sad times. Just, just hard times that he had to live through play, playing with cards and no hippo. It's a rhino. It's a rhino? <laughs> it's a rhino. Yeah. On, hippo it's the rhino hero. I've never actually played happy, the game. Happy hippo. I've only just seen it at a distance. <laughs> It's fun. I mean, it's 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 definitely a kids' game, but it's still. I mean, dexterity games are fun, and yeah. and it's not something you're probably going to want to spend all night playing. But it sure sure is fun. I mean, I think adults are going to want to play it about as long as a kid wants to play it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah. my version is is a hippo cosplaying as a rhino. There you go. <laughs> if that works for you. <laughs> Okay, my uh, my pick of the week is also from the Superhero Game Day, and it doesn't have super or hero or hippos or rhinos in it, but it's called Doodle Dice, and I love Doodle Dice, and it's awesome. <laughs> so to explain Doodle Dice real quick, you have a set of dice that have different, like, lines, squiggles, dots, you know, weird little frowny, angry face. face, doesn't really make sense kind of face, um, and you just have to roll those dice and match it up to cards, and they have little basically interpretations of if you lay these dice out in a certain way and they make a stick figure or a boat or uh i don't know uh, uh yeah a giraffe or whatnot um <laughs> they have some really the, the part of that the um the fun of the game is seeing how these doodles make these cute pictures sometimes it's a stretch and sometimes you're just like oh i see that and and other times you're just like i um uh, sure that's what that is <laughs> But anyway, I like it because I just like rearranging images in my mind and trying to configure it. It's it it combines puzzles and randomness and just fun. And uh, I played I played with Wendy here, and uh, she uh, had no idea what she was doing. Had no idea 
you know, how to kind of the strategy of the game of how to pick which ones to go through and go go for and how to, you know, try to get one of each type of card. Um, and then she absolutely stomped me and Sarah. So that that just shows yeah. you the the <laughs> the wonderfulness of Doodle Dice. So it's uh-huh. it's fun for everybody. Except she was she was good at making the pictures. She yeah. just didn't you know didn't get the you have to get one of every color kind of thing. She just picked the picture but. she liked the most, and that's the one she wanted. Yeah, which is fine. Gotcha. It's a strategy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she, she won. So. She did win. Like I mean. <laughs> So I feel like I feel like you need to get yourself a copy of that and then make your own card for a hippo cosplaying as a rhino. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> why not? Why why not? When I was a kid, we had to doodle without dice. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, it's definitely one of those nights. <laughs> uh. All right, Dad, on that note, what's your pick of the week? Well, uh, since it's pick of the week and it's every two weeks, I got two picks. Oh. Okay. (laughs) Security Now Podcast. That's math, by the way. Uh, Security Now Podcast with Steve Gibson. It's uh, a video or audio podcast, and he discusses uh, computer security and related privacy. And he had a great one on Windows 10 and all the ways that they were invading your space <laughs> and how to how to turn it off. <laughs> he, he said his 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 answer is to uh, stick with seven and not even go to ten. So that was what he chose. Um, what it is though is that Windows 10 is uh, uh, more like a phone or like Facebook, where they uh, it's more of a marketing tool, you know. And they're trying to be convenient to the user so that they can gather a lot of information on the user so that their advertisers and their app developers can market to that user, I guess is the way you would look at it. Um, so all of that you can turn off, according to Steve Gibson. I don't really know how much you can turn off. Some of it's hard to turn off. Um, but it's kind of a whole OS that's a big piece of spyware, Windows yeah. 10. Yeah, we just so, we just installed it, so I guess we need to look at this because <laughs> my second pick of the week, if I'm still coming through, is the Ubuntu Net install. Um, it's a forty, depending on what version, it's it's like a forty megabyte download. So this is in the other direction. Small is good, and uh, so it's a forty megabyte download, and from it you install Ubuntu, and it can be. Zubuntu or Kubuntu or Mythbuntu, and then you can decide which software packages you want to install, or you can just wait until it installs and choose the software you want to use from the software center. The thing that's really cool about it is it's a text install, so it'll install on about anything. It'll install on machines that it won't run good on. Whereas um, a lot of uh, you know the graphical installers uh, will not install on on machines that won't run the graphical installer, obviously. But just about anything will run that text installer. So, and there are some very light, like the Zubuntu is a very light distribution, and uh, so uh, I recommend it. Ubuntu Net install. So we discussed a really crappy OS and a really good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, my my husband doesn't use Facebook because he doesn't like their their terms of privacy stuff. So uh, I I need to have him look at that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's my thought. <laughs> so Sarah's pick of the week is research. Right, <laughs> <laughs> I always like research. That's what we do. <laughs> All three of us, that's what we do. <laughs> no, I actually, my pick of the week um, is is a website. It is called playplaylearn.com. And what it is, is it's a database of board games. And there's a search engine that allows you to search by your game subject and it's broken down into like your school subjects so these are all games that can be used for education um so you can you can search by your subject you can search by the age level um of your students you can search by mechanisms you can search by playtime and you can search by number of players so you know say you're looking for a science game that's good for a fifth grader it will bring up some 
science games that could be educational and good for a fifth grader. Um, I, I did, you know, it's still, it's only, it's only been, I think it was just developed in the past year or so. I think it's got a 2014 date on it. Um, I searched just games for high school, ninth through, ninth through 12th grade. And it brought up 19 games. And, you know, I know that there's a lot more out there than 19 games. But, I mean, these are actual, not educational games, but games that, like, are games that can be used in conjunction with your your students' education. One of the guys that is part of the Play Play Learn um, organization has a series of books that he has developed um, and the site for these are called teachingthroughgames.com and it's a set of right now I think there's five books and it has things like uh, teaching about the um, American Revolution through play and it's a series I think it's five weeks of lesson plans using the board game 1775 I think it's called 1775 the rebellion or a rebellion which is a war game um, and it's a pretty popular one as far as I think a lot of non-war gamers actually own either this game or 1812 the invasion of Canada which is in the same series of games and there's writing exercises there's reading exercises there's information about the games you'll be playing um, I have not actually looked at any of these books in person but the concept sounds really neat um, one of their books is Teaching Secondary Science Through Play. And that's one that I'm really interested in checking out. Um, and it uses actually four different games. Um, and I don't know, have you heard of Evolution, Kier? Uh, I have not, but I'm looking at it right now because I brought up the website. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're cheating, ev man. <laughs> Evolution... <laughs> Evolution has gotten a lot of really um, good comments, and that's one of the games that they use. They use, um, for chemistry, they use a game called Compounded, which is, I've seen reviews on that one in the past that have gotten really good comments. People really enjoy that. Um, and I'm not familiar with at all with the other two games that they use through the book. But I like the fact that they're bringing in games to teach, but they're also adding writing assignments and reading passages and stuff like that to add to it. I'm really, really curious about it. Um, I actually found out about this on one of the homeschool sites that I go to, one of the Facebook groups that I'm a member of, and um, she had gone to a presentation. They have like an education day at Gen Con <laughs> on the Wednesday before. <laughs> what happened? I don't know, but it scared me. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I want to get. I want to get a harpo's horn. You know. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. I got. A, I got a notification on my phone, but it just buzzed. It didn't make any sound on my end. Oh, so it, it's, oh. it's loud on our end. It, it. It made a noise over here. <laughs> anyway. Um, she had gone to the presentation at Gen Con that this guy did on the the Wednesday because, like I said, they have an educators day. And it's kind of funny. I had seen some reviews on the Dice Tower that um, Dan King, who is um, a Game Boy geek, I think is his name, um, his his YouTube name, had done some reviews on these books. But I just passed by them because I just I just thought, well, one of them was one of the ones he did was teaching the American Revolution through play. And there's a game called Revolution, and I just assumed that he was talking about that. And then the other one that he did a review on was. Um, teaching the Underground Railroad through play. And there's a cooperative game called Freedom the Underground Railroad, and which is the game that this one is based on. But I didn't really... I thought he was reviewing those games. I'd seen reviews of both of those games, so I just kind of skipped past them and didn't think about it. So I went back and watched his reviews today. And he was very, very fav favorable toward them, towards these books. And he, um, he, he actually had both of the games in his collection that these books were based on. Um, so I'm, I'm super curious about it. And I, I may go ahead and, and check out the, the secondary science one at some point. There's also a programming concepts one that uses, I think, Robo Rally, I want to say. And there's a, the, the fifth one that I haven't talked about is teaching financial literacy through play. 
which I think uses all games are educational. Yeah. Except except educational games. Yeah. And that's one of the things he said is that, and I don't know, one of the things that's really neat about the playplaylearn.com site is that he has a section that is his handouts that he gives at his lectures and his seminars and stuff that he does. Um, he's a school librarian, so that was kind of cool too. But but he um, so he has he is coming from this from a an education point of view. But one of the comments that he either made on the site or in one of these handouts that he has available is that kids know the difference between a game and a worksheet with a spinner. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was, that was absolutely true, and I liked how he said that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You've you've mentioned some of the games, but does it appear that that for the most part, the games that are used in these lesson plans are still like readily available, or um, I I know that Robo Rally is. I know Freedom of the Underground Railroad is because it's been yeah. talked about a lot recently. Compound it is. Um, one that I looked up today that I hadn't heard of was available on like a science fiction website. It was one of the science ones. Um, but it wasn't available through like the gaming markets. Now I didn't look at any of these on Amazon. Mm-hmm. I'm just there that I kind of recognized. And on the website, like the Play Play Learn database, I think most of the games I saw there were definitely in print. One of the games that they had on there is um, like the I don't know. Do y'all know the Ten Days series? Ten Days in the USA. Ten Days in Africa. Ten Days I've, in Europe. I've heard of it. I've not played it. Uh, it was actually a game. Our library, when we were where we lived before, had board games that you could check out and take home and play. And, and they tended to try to make them a little bit educational. But this is a a game that I enjoyed playing with my daughter. It's a it's a ge- geography game where you have to it's you have to try to get from state to state through different means like if they're next to the state you can walk to it if it's the same color you can fly to it and then i think that if it was like two states or three states away you could drive to it it's been a long time since i've played and it's kind of racco style where you have to connect them on a board so you get from arkansas to missouri with a pair of shoes because you're walking to it but then you know missouri might lead to washington with an airplane because they're the same color um and this is all laid out on the map. You don't have to. I didn't have any advantage to her in playing the game because you did not have to know where the states were at in order to, to play the game. It's all you have a map in front of you. So there was there was no a lot of like educational games or even non-educational games. When you're playing as an adult against a, an eight or nine year old you're going to have an advantage over them if it's knowledge-based. Um, and this was this was not at all knowledge-based. It was about you learned where the states were because you were trying to figure out if you had to walk to them or you could fly to them or you had to drive to them. And, and they also included, like, the capitals on it, too. So that's just, you know, just by playing the game, you might learn a capital or two. Um, Except in Doodle Dice, a four-year-old has the advantage. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, I was thinking, are you smarter than a fifth grader, personally? <laughs> but, you know, I mean, that's one of the things I really liked about it, because most geography games, I was going to have an advantage over Liz mm-hmm. playing these games. She was, well, even now, probably, but um, when she was seven or eight, for sure. Um, and, and I liked that I didn't have that advantage. And, in fact, she probably beat me every time we played, because she's just better at games than I am. <laughs> but... I, um, I would, really, I would I mean, not have had an advantage. <laughs> but really, I feel worst. like that's the way. I feel like that's the way educational games should be. The 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 gameplay really shouldn't be the the, the, uh, the education part. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's that's what I. That's the words I was looking for. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I learned I learned quite a bit about geography just playing like Ticket to Ride or uh, 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 Pandemic, just learning where these cities were in the world or 
or at least uh, uh, where they were close, <laughs> close uh, to it. They're not. Really a close <laughs> hey, a ticket to ride is not exactly. Um... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, but, Seattle you know, might be in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> but, where, but at least you know what's in the Where Northwest. in the hell is Carmen San Diego? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I think you added some stuff there. I think you you paraphrased slightly. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh! <laughs> so anyway, yeah, check out the check out the um, playplaylearn.com because it's got. I'm, I'm hoping that they're going to develop it a little bit more and, and get more games in the database. I don't like I said. I don't know. I don't know how long this website's been around and what they're planning on doing, but it's a really good start, and I'm really excited to see where they take it. I learned a lot about dungeon geography playing RPGs. <laughs> <laughs> I had the uh, Dungeoneer Survival Guide. <sighs> Valuable life skills all around. All around. <laughs> All right, so I think that about wraps us up for this week. Uh, we will be back in a couple of weeks and maybe slightly more awake. Probably not, but maybe. But anyway, we hope you enjoyed the podcast, and we'll uh, catch you real soon. Bye. Bye. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I watched Super Friends when I was seven. That's pretty super. <laughs> We just watched the episode of Justice League Unlimited that guest starred the Super Friends. <laughs> cool. <laughs>